We have video games on the brain. 2020's worldwide year on the couch pays dividends in one of the world's biggest industries. David Hoppe from Gamma Law tells us all about it. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. Hope you're having a great day out there, wherever you might be. As you heard from the intro, we're once again talking about video games. And, you know, given the proximity to the holidays and some big new launches from Sony and Microsoft, we thought it would be a good idea to do one more episode during the holiday season about the gaming industry. And so let's welcome our guest. We have a great guest, David Hoppy, joining us today. He's from, uh, he's from Gamma Law. He's the managing partner. David, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? My pleasure. I'm well. Thank you. Great to be involved, uh, Lawrence. Absolutely. No, thank you for coming on. And so, yeah, I wanted to do one more episode about video games. I think it's a really good season for that. Obviously, 2020 been a a pretty big blockbuster year. But uh, my producer, Molly McDonough, recommended that we reach out to y'all. And I'm really glad she did because I discovered your blog and I learned a lot about video games, especially in 2020. Obviously, you're the main writer for at least the gaming section of it. And I I didn't realize all of the different social issues that uh, gaming can weave itself in and out of. And so wanted to, uh, you know, just kind of start with that. You know, you at Gamma Law, you're a specialty law firm. And just in terms of the bona fides, you know, can you tell us about the work you do, where you're located and uh, the types of clients that you represent? Sure. Yeah. So Gamma Law, as you mentioned, we're a specialty law firm. We are based in San Francisco. We were remote before it sort of became, uh, you know, the rage to be to be remote. So we actually have lawyers who are based in Europe and Japan and also in New York. So focus of the practice is uh, video games and esports. We do uh, blockchain and increasingly uh, blockchain games. We do VR, AR, which is an area, as you may know, that is uh, sort of coming back after a period uh, where not much was uh, was going on. And then sort of uh, as a derivative of those practice areas, we also have a pretty active uh, digital entertainment uh, practice. Let's open up with uh, some announcements here. So some big news this holiday season, uh, Sony and Microsoft announced and they have already started their big launches for this holiday season. Of course, that's the PS5. And, uh, and help me out with this, David. Is it the Xbox X or is it the Xbox XS? So there's there's two versions. Both Sony and Microsoft have um, have divided their offering into into two versions. And for Microsoft, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S as in Sam. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So now, as I understand it, uh, these are the biggest product launches for either company, and uh, they've had a really hard time keeping up with demand. So, you know, tell us about the launches and tell us about these new consoles. Well, yeah. So the interesting thing this year is that, as I mentioned, e- each of the major uh, console uh, OEMs is offering uh, two versions of their console. In each case, both Microsoft and Sony, one version is the full version that you may have expected to see in the past. And by the way, it's seven years seven years since the last uh, console launch. So this is a big deal. Then the uh, the other version that they're each offering, and I think this is quite interesting, is a version that's uh, priced $100 less and does not include the disk drive. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, that's, so that's a big deal. So, you know, what they're saying is, you get a pretty good discount, and then going forward, you're just a digital customer. You're you're buying new games through our platform, and you are updating, upgrading, you know, everything just digitally. 
Yeah, I think it's a pretty easy transition. You know, I know the uh, at least for the uh, the Xbox users, I thought mine. I've never purchased a disc game. I have the Xbox One. It's always been downloaded content. You know, and so while my friends are busy off going to the store, you know, I'm downloading. I'm making a pizza, sitting on the couch, and before they even get back, I already have my video game ready to go. So been a great, uh, you know, a great benefit to me anyway. But uh, what about these stories I've heard? You know, obviously they've had some trouble with uh, the timing here in terms of keeping up with demand. But I heard that's in large part because bots have swooped in to gobble up the inventory before humans can make the purchases. So what have you heard with that? Yeah, you know, it's it's quite an amazing story and one that I, to be honest, wasn't really so aware of before. But uh, apparently these bots are are pretty uh, common in the case of, uh, of hot products, you know, and not just in the tech space. So from my understanding, you have these bots even sort of grabbing the best delivery slots in some cases for, for grocery delivery. So yeah, essentially, you know, as, uh, as, as you've suggested, these are uh, mechanized small programs, which are actually created by individuals who then sell them, which uh, go through the uh, product selection and order process and purchase process, and therefore are able to secure these high demand products much faster than a human customer could. Yeah, it's been amazing. I, I read somewhere, uh, one of the articles uh, for Prep, I read that somewhere on eBay, they were selling, reselling some of these consoles for two and three times the purchase price. So crazy At least, times. yeah, some, some for much more, but yeah. Well, what about that Nintendo? Now, I understand it's been seven years, you know, for Xbox and for Sony PlayStation, which is just unbelievable uh, how long that is. I mean, just in terms of our technological uh, speed that we develop at now with everybody's upgrading their phones, upgrading their computers, seven years is an eternity for a platform. But any news from Nintendo? I heard a little bit more than rumors that Switch 2 might be coming out in 2021. Well, that is the rumor, and it seems like it would be a mistake if they don't have something, you know, pretty much ready to go, because that is a growing expectation in the market that we're going to see a Switch 2 coming up in, in the next several months. Well, let's talk about the uh, Microsoft buying Bethesda Game Studios. Now, I know they have plenty of other game studios to help produce some of their games, but this was a $7.5 billion purchase. So why was it so important for them to acquire Bethesda Game Studios? Well, so what we have in the case of Microsoft and Sony is we have, yeah, there's basically two things that drive uh, console sales. And of course, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is a big purchase for, for most uh, consumers. And it's one that they don't expect to replace for, for a number of years. So as I've certainly seen, you know, in, in our household with my 10 year old son, one of the big drivers is, you know, what console are my friends playing on? Because in the case of some really big games, let's say Fortnite, for example, you know, Epic Games, which is the, uh, the publisher of Fortnite, has its own platform, its own login system. And what that allows them to do is have uh, players on Xbox can play directly with players on PlayStation. But uh, for games that aren't that big, you may not be able to compete with your friends, you know, even, you know, sitting next door to you or in, even in the same room if they are on the, the other platform. So, so that's kind of, that's the one big driver of platform sales is, you know, what platform are my, do my friends have or are they likely to buy? And then the other driver, which goes to your question is, you know, what, what sort of uh, games are available on this console? Sony has, you know, Sony is the acknowledged leader in, in terms of grabbing these great games and having them exclusive on the PlayStation. And that's really why they resoundingly won the last console cycle, the PS4. 
Well, obviously, 2020 has seen a pretty big growth in video games. I think it was just, as I said in the previous episode, organically happening anyway. More and more people are getting into gaming, even older people. Some of the demographics you wouldn't expect. It's not just for teenagers anymore. But uh, this has been a lot of organic growth in that direction. But 2020, I think, has really fueled it. You know, people shut in, obviously, COVID-19 uh, shutdowns and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I asked this question in the episode before, but I wanted to get your take on it, David, you know, just in terms of the growth uh, in U.S., Japanese, and China. Chinese markets, what are you seeing? Well, we are seeing growth across the board, certainly with the pandemic. Interestingly, we are seeing that growth principally on console and mobile, not so much on PC. So I think that's uh, that's a, a phenomenon that's worth noting, which is that even though we are all at home, you know, presumably could be using console or PC, a great number of gamers are playing on, on their phones. So interesting statement there about the role that uh, that these handheld devices have taken, you know, just beyond their the, the fact that you can you can take them out of your house, even when you're in your house. Uh, for many gamers, these have become their their principal platform to play games on. Well, David, I've always known China as a really big country, but uh, in terms of how many gamers there are, this this number and I read this on your blog surprised me. How many estimated players do they think are in China? So yeah, the estimates that I have read are uh, upwards of 700 million players. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's an astounding number. I mean, that's that's uh, twice, more than twice the actual population in the United States. That's unbelievable. It, it really is. You know, an interesting thing there is that, uh, of course, for a period of time, you know, for a period of, I think, nine months from 2018 to 2019, the Chinese government effectively cut off the pipeline of new games into the Chinese market, both uh, domestic games and international games uh, from the U.S., for example. That was done because of concerns about children being exposed to to outside, uh, let's say, non-Chinese influences, as well as concerns about the types of content of, of, of many of these games. So we had a big uh, gap there in terms of what was available to, to Chinese uh, gamers. But uh, even during that period, we continue to see a dramatic growth in the number of, uh, of, of people in China who are playing games. Well, David, I have a follow-up question about uh, you know this year versus uh, last year, and so I know that uh, you know 2019, uh, both Sony and uh, Microsoft had uh, had reported that they were having some decline in their earnings, and a lot of uh, I guess a lot of the speculation was because they had aging uh, console platforms, and so you know seven years is a pretty long time to have a, a platform out there, and so anyway they were complaining about that, and uh, but you know fast forward to today, you know a lot more people sitting on the couch playing games. A couple of new exciting consoles coming out. How does uh, Q4 2020 compare to Q4 2019? Well, it's it's obviously going to be it's going to be a huge period for everyone in the space. I mean, you know, we have we have uh, the perfect storm in terms of people spending money on games. We have first of all, we have the it's a it's a new console year, which as you mentioned doesn't come very often, and it's a big opportunity for people to to get reengaged, purchase the new equipment, and obviously to purchase a bunch of games to go with it. And second, of course, we have uh, we have a, a situation where people are pretty much confined to their homes, which of course over the last three quarters has uh, paid enormous dividends to, uh, to to many, not all companies, but uh, to, to many companies in this space. And speaking of which, you know, I know that uh, you know video games, as I, as I was reading on your blog, uh, do have uh, impact socially. But a unique situation presented itself in Hong Kong, and uh, as the COVID nineteen restrictions clamped down, Hong Kong protesters, the protesters, want to keep Hong Kong free of, uh, I guess, more of a uh, 
typically China uh, rule uh, for Hong Kong. And so anyway, they've been protesting openly. But during the COVID-19 shutdowns, they've been pulled inside. But apparently they were using a game called Animal Crossing to get their messaging out there. But that was until the Chinese government got wise. So can you tell us the story of that? So Animal Crossing uh, is, uh, this is the latest iteration in a series. It's Animal Crossing New Horizons. And this is a Nintendo game, which means in Nintendo's tradition, uh, let's say, it's only available on Nintendo platforms, uh, absent a sort of hack that allows you to get it on PC. So the game has been huge. It's been huge for Nintendo, and it's had a, it's had a, an enormous social impact, particularly in the United States. But uh, Animal Crossings is, uh, is what you could call a sandbox game which is uh, a game in which essentially there's not some sort of linear gameplay that you follow and achieving different levels or, you know, wiping out opponents. This is a game in which you can pretty much, you build things and you uh, interact with other players. You're on an island and you have the opportunity on that island to create your own sort of utopia, let's say, and interact with nature and people come and visit your, your spot and you show them what you've created. So you might ask what, you know, what could uh, even uh, communist China, what uh, objection could they possibly have to this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the objection was that individuals were using this uh, sandbox uh, virtual space in which to uh, to post uh, slogans that the, the Chinese government found objectionable, in, in particular with respect to Hong Kong and uh, free Hong Kong from subjugation. So that is why we saw this very cute, innocent appearing video game suddenly being banned from China. Wow. Wow. Even video games in China. So can't play them if they're uh, too controversial. So, well, that's quite a contrast to, uh, to the United States. But uh, how about this? Why don't we ask a non-political question, a fun one to close it out? And so I know that that's uh, a big season for Xbox, for Sony PlayStation. I know you have kids. And so is it going to be an Xbox year, maybe a Sony PlayStation year, or because of the work you do, you're just not allowed to say? Well, so uh, I'll have to speak a bit uh, kind of uh, ambiguously because uh, a subject uh, might be nearby here, of course, now that we're all, you know, working from home. But yeah, so we initially, I was lobbied, uh, I was being lobbied heavily for the uh, the Microsoft format because uh, as I mentioned before, you know, it turns out that uh, many friends are playing on the Xbox and I, you know, and I'm like, listen, you know, I'm I'm a video games professional, you know, I, I, I you know, you should you should you should listen to me, and uh, and and I, I think love you how you look. have to tap dance around this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, the, the the subject here that we're talking about was not interested in listening to me and continued to lobby for the Microsoft format. Uh, <laughs> as it turned out, though, as he's uh, increasingly been watching streamers and you know beginning to 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 take in the games press, I think he may be coming around to uh, to, to to the the competing platform. Platform. <laughs> so anyway, all this is not to say that he's going to get either one of those uh, under the tree. But uh, this has sort of been the dialogue that's been happening in our household. Well, and if he can't lobby to you, I guess I'll have to lobby to Santa, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, David, it was great having you on. Thank you so much for joining us today. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Lawrence. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show directly in your favorite podcasting app. It's really good for the show. And I want to give a couple of quick hat tips out there. So Amy Pitchy, and I hope I pronounced your uh, last name correctly from CBS News. She wrote an article, PS5 and Xbox Series X restock coming to Walmart and other retailers. And of course, David, I want to thank you for putting your Gamma Log blog post together. It was a really great resource for today's show. Thank you. My pleasure. 
And lastly, Christina Go from Statista. She put together a nice post. Video game industry statistics and facts, really great to pull some information to kind of guide the content of this episode. And so finally, finally want to thank my team, producer Molly McDonough and our forever awesome LTN crew for all their hard work. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.